0: you turn again now to that portion of the Word that we read together, First Peter and chapter 2, and taking for our text this morning, words we find in verse 7. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. <laughs> and to you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. My friends, this is a, a truth that should not only apply to mature believers, it should be true to some degree, the moment that any of us come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The moment you and I believe, Christ becomes precious to us. Now, of course, when we come first of all to faith, there is growth. Uh, We are those who need to grow in faith. But there is a measure of preciousness then, about Christ, even then about Christ that was never there before we come to put our faith and trust in him. And indeed Christ does and should become more precious to us as we go on. The trouble very often is for some of us as we grow or as we are, the longer we are going on following the Lord that the danger of us becoming complacent and lukewarm in our following that should never be so for us and if we find ourselves which i'm sure is true of most of us if not all of us from time to time we should seek earnestly to get back to that place where we see christ as being more precious to us than anything and anyone else in this world and so there should never be a moment after we come to believe when he is not felt even to be precious to us, when we see him in a different way, when we understand, as we have never done before, the cost of our salvation. And surely if that is so, that he is indeed then precious to us. Now it can be that many of us, maybe some of you here today even looking back, Maybe all of us, to some extent, can look back on our lives, especially those here who are believers, that we can look back on our lives and say, well, the Lord Jesus Christ, I always admired him. He was always someone that I respected. He was always someone that I believed in him, or about him, at least. I always thought very highly of the Lord Jesus Christ. I admired him, and yet that can all be true, friend. But it's a different thing to have him precious to you. That is another step altogether. Why, when you admired him, why was it when you look back and never doubted there was such a person as the Lord Jesus? Why was he not then precious to you? Well, friends, this is a sight that can only be seen by faith. The eye of faith is needed to see the preciousness, anything of the preciousness of the Saviour. And this, friends, also then must be and indeed is a mark of every true believer. There is no such thing as a person who believes or says he believes in Christ who doesn't see him as precious to him. And while there was a time when maybe yourself you saw no beauty in him, but what is now true? Well, if you love him at all, it must be that he is altogether the lovely one to you, the chiefest among the ten thousands, precious to you, precious even to you, above anyone and everyone else in the world. More precious to you even than your nearest and dearest. And that is something, as I look back at my own life, that I found that hard to understand before I ever came to faith. How can that be? You love your wife, your children, your parents or whoever. Surely you think they're they're the great love of your life. But then when Christ is seen for you as your saviour, It's on a different level altogether. That doesn't relegate your family, of course, as the Lord himself teaches. But there is an intensity, a difference in that love. There's a difference in how precious he is then. And so the Christian then must be someone who cannot now imagine life without the Lord. Cannot imagine life without Christ. And if you're looking for a mark today for yourself, am I a Christian or not? Am I a true believer or not? Could you live without him? Could you manage every day without him? What do you say to that yourself? There's a mark for you. He is precious. Well, this morning, then, to look at four different ways, there are many ways we could look at how Christ is precious to us but four different ways where he is certainly precious to every believer. And the first way is this, that he is precious for who he is in himself. Precious for who he is in himself. Now as we said before coming to faith, you yourself may have believed with some head knowledge in Christ Jesus, in his existence. Maybe you never doubted that. Maybe even from a child you never doubted that, or even later on that you might have come to the place where, yes, you believed what was said in the Bible about him historically. And maybe intellectually you might even have accepted that there was indeed, as the Bible says, the Son of God. You may even have gone too far as to believe, and I use the words in, 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 in inverted commas, that he came into this world and was born, as the Bible makes out, to us. All these things you may have believed, even that he died on Calvary. You may even have believed in some way or other that he's coming to judge the world one day. You might be like that here still. But for the saved sinner, oh, how different then you see him. How different he is now to you. Yes, you now see him not just with head knowledge and understand him to be God manifest in the flesh, to be the son of God. But now you see the wonder of it that you never saw before. The wonder, the marvel, that he was willing to take our nature, that he was willing to enter into this world, that he was willing to suffer for our sins. And indeed, yes, now you see, not only that he was willing to suffer for the sins of all who would believe in him, but it becomes personal. That he was willing to suffer for my sins. That he was willing to do what he did for me, the Son of God. That he would be willing to humble himself in a way that he did, that he took your nature and that he died for the sins, your sins, the death that your sins deserved. Is that an astonishing thing to you still? Is that something that still humbles you before him? Is he precious to you for who he is in himself? That he, the holy undefiled son of God will prepare to die for you prepare to take your punishment prepare to have himself when he had the power not to do so to be nailed to the cross of Calvary friend that should be astonishing to you every day this God manifest in the flesh should be beyond, as it were, beyond my comprehension. Can you see that today? How could he do this for me? And yet the word is there for you, to tell you, and by the Spirit convinc- convincing you, yes, he did do that for me. Oh, you see, of course he is precious to me for who he is. That the Holy Son of God would do this for me. When you think here was the second person of the Trinity, one who hates sin with a perfect hatred, one who knew in his uh, place with the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Triune God in the Trinity, who knew, as it were, and one said nothing of sin in themselves and yet was willing to put himself where he put himself for me took bone of my bone took flesh of my flesh to suffer the penalty for my rebellion against his holy father oh you see, of course how can he not be precious to me when I see who it is, this is not just someone who for personal gain did something wonderful for me this is not someone who just for status did something for me. Not really, other than maybe reluctantly, but if even if not reluctantly, what does that mean? But here is one who is God, the one who in glory had unfallen angels worshipping him. The one who in glory had the angels veil their faces in his presence. Mm-hmm who is of purer eye than to behold (coughs) iniquity, Scripture tells us. And yet, here you are today, friend, Christian friend, and you say, that's my Savior. That's my Lord. That's the one who has loved me. And who are such? Well, you are described here, Christian, and to you therefore which believe he is precious it's the believer it's the believer who sees us are you a believer today? oh I wish I could see more of his preciousness I hope and pray that's true surely any believer will desire to see more of his preciousness regarding who he is amazed that the Lord of glory would ever bother with such as you and I and now in faith seeing something of who he is. Maybe you know now something that you once didn't to say with Thomas, My Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Though in our nature, of course, you never cease to be who he always was God, a very God. He has us mediated in a different role. But nevertheless, your Savior, this precious one, is none other than the Holy One of Israel. So my friend, I ask you, can you say today, there's a mark for you, that he is precious to you for who he is. And then secondly, to see him as precious to you for what he has done for you particularly. Well, because of who he is, everyone should honour and love him, everyone should, but the reality is that only those who believe see him in this way, it cannot be otherwise. Only those who were once blind but now see, hold him as Precious, of the highest Possible value Once your eyes Are opened You're not opened their eyes open and you continue to look back On how it was But you look forward And think about what he has done For you But is it not true as well That his preciousness And what he has done For you is still only seen but as through a glass darkly. Who here can say that they fully understand what it cost to redeem your soul? Or oh, you have enough understanding, of course you must have, to have faith. But who here would want, wish to get deeper into it? And Oh, that I would know more, that I would understand more, that I would know something of what he suffered, truly suffered for me, what he has done in dying my death, what he has done in suffering the pains of hell as he did for me. Of course, these things are ever before us if we truly are those who see him as pleasures. However, the heart of any of us has been transformed and our eyes opened by the Spirit's application of the work of redemption fulfilled by Christ there is a preciousness about him now that was never there before and the hard heart that is ours now has been melted now it is so different, melted in love, melted with thankfulness to the Saviour and with astonishment as day do you know what that is like some days don't you wish you had it every day astonishment at what he has done for you Mm -hmm. that my heart would be more on fire for him that our hearts would burn within us that we would be truly able to say with Newton amazing grace how sweet a sound that saved a witch like me. Do you know something, friend, of that nothingness that you are, but the wonder of whose grace that he would look upon nothing as you are? So this, friend, new understanding of what he has done for you is no longer seen as just a a historical fact of you read about it, and I believe that's what he does. It's not something abstract nor a matter in any way. This is no longer just having superficial thoughts. This is no longer reading it and thinking, yes, I, I believe that in my head, but what has it got to do with me? Now it has everything to do with you. And now you see it in such a different light that you could never have seen it before. And what happens when you see it before? Well, maybe you brought up and you read the Bible. And you read it and you read through the gospel or whatever. And you put it away. But now you read it and you desire to enter into it more and more. And you go back to it and you go back to it. And you marvel at what he has done for you. No longer is it something you can cast aside in a moment. He is now precious to you, more than ever before. And you see, this new view of the redemptive work of Christ, what does it come from? It arises from the depth of a repentant and a forgiven soul. It is only then that you will see it. You will not even see it in repentance alone. It is to know the forgiveness that, as it were, it floods and overflows and you realize the enormity of it and there's something else as well if you know this and I think it's something that very often so many of us fail in how often do you tell the Lord you love him in your prayer we come to him and we ask and we plead for and we seek to honor him I think sometimes there is a lack in our lives of telling him how much we love him for what he has done for us. Just to tell him, just to show. Of course the Lord knows, but you know the Lord wants to hear us in these things. And the saved sinner now should never tire of telling Christ how much he loves him and how much he is precious to him. Because now if you know that you've been rescued from the pit and the mighty clay of hell that you were bound to go to, you cannot truly but see him in this way. And now you live knowing that God's all-seeing eye is upon you at all times. It has ever been so, even in your times of unbelief. And who here doesn't look back on these times and think, Oh, wonder of wonders that he had mercy on me. In my unrepentant state. And yet you know. That he loved you. And he has ever loved you. But now you know it personally. That Christ now. Has come between you. And the sword of God's justice. That was due to fall upon your head. That he was willing to take. Your punishment. To redeem your soul. And you now. See him as the one who as another putted who has loved the unlovely. Do you know what that is like then, this morning? Now seeing him as never before. What you deserved of God's wrath and punishment, he took for you. And yet, he did that willingly. <laughs> Suffered the consequences for your sin. Suffered even the forsakenness of Calvary for my sin. My dear friends, should that not humble us anew today? As it obviously did with Peter when he wrote here, he is precious. And to you, therefore, which believe, he is precious indeed. Is that not so for us? And if that is so, should it not bring about a spirit of Humility, a spirit of praise and adoration, and a spirit of loving obedience in our lives. Have you today then seen in some measure at least, have you seen the extent of what he has already done for you? And what it means for you now? Well, if you have, you cannot but say, to me he is precious, he is precious. Precious for who he is, precious for what he has done. And thirdly, precious for what he has done in you. It was for you and what he has done in you. Because, see friends, the heart must be changed. And the heart is changed for the Christian. What he has done for you, as we saw, changes everything. What he has done in you should be evident as well. Do you find now that your life, that your desires, your walk, your talk, your company that you desire has changed? It should have. But most of all, what has changed your heart is how you view himself now. You see him differently. Yes, sin is still mixed with all we do, as another puts it. Nevertheless, friends, our desire is torn. Do you find that? While you struggle with sin, and who does it? We give in to sin far too easily and often. But your desire, it's like the needle, isn't it, uh, of the compass. <laughs> Sometimes some influences distort its true reading, but it always returns to its set position. And so for the believer, the true believer, you may from time to time, sadly, indeed it's not a may. I shouldn't say may from time to time. We do from time to time wander away from the path. We do sadly from time to time get drawn away into the ways of this world once again drawn aside by the world and our own continued sinful nature we struggle with. You may indeed lose, as it were, your bearing now and then, but because you're not of the world any longer, you will not stay there. You will not stay there. You will not be lost or utterly lost. There will never be the true Christian struggling as he does through this world will eventually, will make his way back again and the compass being indwelt with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit guides and directs us and having a a new key, having a new heart all things should be passed away not that they are rid of completely sadly but the desire should certainly be found in yourself that if that is so it is because Christ has done in you that he has given you a new desire, that he has given you a new heart. And the reality is, friends, and there can be no doubt, sadly, about this, if you don't find some of these marks, to some degree, in your own life, then there's only one conclusion you can come to. If Christ is not precious to you, you have never been indwelt, changed in heart by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit cannot and the Holy Spirit will not indwell where sin still reigns. I'm not saying where sin, sin still is, but where sin still reigns. And there's the difference. So for the one who has been transformed in heart, by Christ's Spirit working in you, it will be evident to yourself and also should be evident to others that you are with and in company with from time to time. So I ask you, my dear friend, today is he precious to you for what he has done in you? Precious for who he is, for what he has done. For you, what he has done in you. And finally, precious also, for what he has promised still to do for you. Ah, the wonderful still to do. What awaits the people of God. You may be someone, as I said earlier, who has always believed in heaven and hell. And somehow hoped, with no real basis to do so, that you might just get into heaven eventually. That somehow or other you would escape hell because you saw many others who were far worse than you or at least you saw yourself far better than many other people. And so your hope of heaven was based on that. And who doesn't? Whatever anybody says, who doesn't have a hope that one day I'll be in heaven? And even the greatest unbeliever will know in the back of his mind, whatever else, that one day he'll be in a better. No, i will to put it this way, he certainly wouldn't be worthy of hell. But now, friend, having come to faith, and you believe Christ by his spirit is in you, therefore the hope of glory you have is not based on yourself or your good works or what you are not, or even what you are but now based not on a vain hope but based on Christ having died your death taking the punishment that you deserved and for that you can have assurance of glory awaiting according to the promises of his own word do you look for that yourself can I say do you long for it someday wonderful promises and you believe them even when you're struggling some days I believe the word that gives me that assurance I love the promises that he has made in my father's house and many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also imagine that that's a wonderful promise It's not just to anyone in the whole world, as some would like to think. It is to those who believe. Those who believe to them he is precious. That above everything else, dear friends, that where I am, there ye may be also. Can you imagine it? Oh, friend, Christian friends struggling, look to that day. Be encouraged in yourself. As the apostle writes it elsewhere in Philippians, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Be encouraged by such things. And you say, well, I believe that with all my heart. Well, who could say such things? Who could say, I believe that with all my heart, that Christ and his promises are precious to you? Who is it for? For those who believe. And to you, therefore, which believe he is precious. And that's a wonderful comfort, friends, in this sin sick world that we live in, that Christ has gone before to prepare a place for you. Imagine it. For you. A place for you. And there will be no, as it were, he, he will not be, Like I can speak with reverence, he will not be content in heaven until every one of his people are there with him. And I use the word content advice, do you know what I mean? In other words, until you get there, if he has died for you. What kind of place is heaven? Well, one thing we are thankful for, and we know this for sure, it's a sin-free place. And who doesn't long for that? But then, that's wonderful. Something that we should be thankful for. But again, would you not say as well, that's wonderful to think to be in a sin-free place. I long for it. But if Christ is not there, what good would that do me? It is Christ being there that makes heaven, heaven for his people. No more sin in thought, in word, or action. Can you fully dig in what that means? That Christ awaits your coming. I don't know if any of us can fully understand that. But that is the promise that is there for us. It is what makes him part of what makes him precious to his people. It's in our text, that believer finds difficult to fully understand, not doubting the truth of it at all, I'm sure you are not, but the reality as we have it in 1 John 3 we shall be like him. We shall be like him. John Gill says, and I quote, like him fashioned like to his glorious body, in immortality and incorruption, in power and glory and spirituality, in a freedom from all imperfections, sorrows, afflictions and death, and in soul which likeness will lie in perfect knowledge of divine things and complete holiness. Do you long for it? Christian, do you think about these things? Is that not enough for yourself today to satisfy your <coughs> prospects for the world that awaits? You know, is it not true that to be with Christ is the desire of every Christian? To be like Christ, the desire also of every Christian. The one who shall change our vile body that may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Think about that, friend. Precious then in all these ways. Can you identify <coughs> with some of these things today? Oh, there's many more things. But if you can identify and truly say, yes, that's me. Yes, he is precious to me. There's none that can compare with him for me. Then you do have, without an unholy boldness. You should have a true sense of going to glory one day. Well, friends, in conclusion, no <coughs> wonder then that He is precious to us, to all believers. I think also that Scripture not only tells us, and you therefore to believe, He is precious. But there's something more than that, and we don't have time to go into that today. But think about yourself. There's something, even I think, more wonderful than that text. It's a teaching in Scripture that the believer is precious to Christ, that you (laughs) are precious to him. Oh, yes. The believer, surely, the belief he is precious to us, of course. Of course, of course. But scripture tells you time and time again, teaches it that you are precious to him. You don't go any further than John 3.16. There is preciousness. That's what he thinks of you. That you of all people could be precious to Christ. That I could be precious to Christ. Should that not drive me to my knees in wonder and awe and worship, you and I, friend of all people, to be able then to say, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So dear friend, today Christian going through difficulties, I'm sure as most of us are, trials and tribulations, if you are a believer, he cannot be but Precious to you. So look forward in faith to be with yes, Him one day because that's the ultimate end for us all. We have every reason to thank God. Heaven awaits us. Richard Baxter wrote these words My knowledge, speaking about heaven, my knowledge of that place is small, my eye of faith is dim but it's enough that Christ knows all and I shall be with him. Amen. O <clears throat> oh Lord, our God, forgive everything that we say or think amiss, but prepare us for eternity. Help us to see anew today on this, the Sabbath day that reminds us of our risen Christ, the preciousness of that Saviour. We thank thee, Lord, that thy people see him as such, and we pray for any here today who have not yet come to that place, but that thou would work in their lives, that they would convict and convert by thy Spirit. So bless thy word. Hear our prayers. For Jesus' sake. Amen. 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 We'll conclude singing in Psalm 45. And the first version of the psalm. Psalm number 45. The two versions. The first version. From verse... um, 11 Psalm 45 verse 11 Then of the king desired shall be thy beauty vehemently, because he is thy lord, to thou worship reverently. The daughter thereof Tyre shall be with gifts and offerings great. Those are the people that are rich thy favor shall entreat. Beautiful picture we are there. Behold, the daughter of the king all glorious is within, and with embroideries of gold her garments what have been. Bear the picture of the believer, the church of Christ. 45, 11 to 15, then of the king, desired shall be. Admonitions as follows: God willing, the evening service at the usual time of 6:30. <coughs> Building fund collection for July is due today. Pre-meeting on Thursday will be taken by Mr. Tim Nixon. On the service is next Sabbath at the usual time, 11 and 6:30, but the preacher is yet to be arranged for next Sabbath, and the elders are also asked to meet in the library. Uh, just for a few few minutes after this service and may I also uh, welcome those who are visiting with us today and we pray that the Lord will bless you in your time amongst us let us conclude (laughs) the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest on and abide with you all now and forevermore, Amen. Amen. Amen.